definitely blessed. New Park, be able to fellowship around this time with you guys. Uh, I do have the family here, so uh, I'm going to do this real quick because not everybody saw him. Miles, wave your hand up in the air. That's my youngest. Uh, he is fixing to marry that girl under his arm. Madison, wave your arm. They, that's Madison. That's this Saturday. That's six days, guys. Six days. Woo, woo, woo. Matt's my oldest. He's uh, my hunting and working partner. And Michael is my middle son. You're right here. Uh, he is uh, uh, just the one who uh, got all the favor, it seems like, growing up, and thought he was the, the favored child and all, and was until Miles came along. <laughs> and so Matt's been getting crumbs ever since, hasn't you, son? I mean, it's a reality. Y'all know Tammy on the front row with Debbie? That's her sister, uh, my sister-in-law. We love Tammy and appreciate her. And you guys, man, how cool. Did y'all have a good Christmas? Amen, man. We got we had a great Christmas. I finally got to unwrap, unwrap the the present that that Riley had been unwrapping about two weeks, and uh, very excited about my big thirty six inch griddle that I'm gonna cook off of on the back deck. Come on, somebody, y'all want to come over? We'll plan us a party. Amen. And then uh, uh, we got all kinds of time together, Christmas Day, everybody had a blast. And then yesterday I got to go see mom. All of us loaded up in two vehicles, drove down to Laurel, Mississippi. Uh, she was very excited that we came. Uh, she talked to uh, Riley and then we left. Because uh, that's sort of the way that goes right now, right, Michael? Riley gets all the attention. We're just all on the outskirts. But, uh, but uh, so yeah, it was a great time. We had a blast. Uh, and then got in uh, last night, and so we are uh, still, I guess, in some form or some fashion, recovering from the weekend. <laughs> uh, excited about today. I, 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 I do have a, a thought. I told you last Wednesday night that um, one of the things that the Lord had dropped in my heart. Now, I wasn't sure if it was me, for me, the church, and I was like, I told you, I felt like God just gave me a phrase, and I, I shared it Wednesday night with you. If you were here for the communion service, you'd remember it possibly. I said, I feel like the Lord told me to tell, to, to personally, and I think it's for the church, and I do after prayer over this week and thinking about it, I think it's for all of us. And the phrase is lean in, lean in. Um, and as I thought about it and I prayed about it and I've considered that phrase and how it applies to us as I was looking at this next year, um, I, I think we've got, we've all, no question, we've all been hit by 2020 in some form or fashion, whether it's, uh, whether it's personal loss, whether it's uh, uh, a loved one, whether it's a, um, a challenge work-wise, uh, relational things that had nothing to do with COVID. Uh, there's all kinds of pandemics that are going across our nation right now and across the world. So not to spend a lot of time there, I just think that when we find ourselves in moments like this, we got two choices. I'm going to mention those two choices, okay? Do I abandon God? Do I abandon God, number one? I mean, what, what good has he been for me if, if what I'm praying for isn't changing? I know that sounds bad. Just hang on. So don't take, don't take this wrong. Because that is an action that people take in times when they're, they're under the kind of stress and pressure that we find ourselves in in this day and time. Or number two, do I abandon myself to God? And, and in that thought, there, that requires that I humble myself, that I stop telling God what he needs to be doing. Somebody say amen. 
because I think that's a tendency of ours. And then I commit myself to whatever he is doing and believe it's the best for me. And walk in that and believe that and trust that. Um, as I was thinking about it, I really felt like the Lord dropped in my spirit a place where this happened in Jesus' life, okay? Uh, I believe he placed, faced a lot of challenges uh, when he came and lived on this earth. And uh, one of those moments and times in his life was um, uh, in the garden, and we can find it in Luke 22. I'm going to show the verses to you, 39 through 42. Um, I believe those, these verses give us a picture of these two choices as Jesus was facing one of the greatest challenges of his life. You recall it reads in verse 39, Then accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. I thought it was fitting that it was the Mount of Olives too, amen? Um, I mean, you've got to be named after something, amen? Mount of so um, I, there's another, this is like totally free. It just it don't cost you nothing. It says as usual. Prayer was a practice in Jesus' life. Prayer was something he did. I mean, he did it regular. It was a usual action on his part. So he left the room and he went to the Mount of Olives as usual. So this was a custom for him. This was a practice for him. And it was more than just a, a, a something that he did out of ritualistic practice. It was a relational conversation with the living God, his father. And so he went into these times knowing that he was fixing to have a conversation with, his, with, with the Father. And so as he moves into it, it says, Then he told them, speaking about the disciples, Pray that you will not give in to temptation. It's unique to me that he makes this statement because we think and have always interpreted that as, as the temptation to go to sleep, to, to give in to the flesh, to relax, to, to fall asleep, you know, to, to give up on the moment. I think, it, I, think it's, I think it's more than that. I think he's saying something right here where he says, don't give in to the temptation. And he walked a little further away, a stone's throw, it says, and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. What would the temptation, what could he have been talking about in this temptation? The temptation to abandon God. He saw what he was facing, and he knew there were two choices right here. Jesus did. And so he says, Lord, Father, the flesh in me don't want to do this. Amen? The flesh in me don't want to have to go through this. I, I can see what's coming, and I don't, I've watched and experienced enough to this point that I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to go through this. So I'd love for you to take it from me. Just I, I, I mean, I would abandon this if, if it were at all possible. The flesh, the human side of me would abandon this, which would be abandoning God, by the way. Then he says, yet, I want to do your will. I want your will to be done, not mine. It's a very common verse. I'm going to give you the King James Version of Luke 22, 42. It makes this statement, one that you'll know better. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, he says, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. Uh, and so this morning, I want to say to you, for you to experience what God has for you in 2021, which I believe 2021 has got some challenges for us. That's why we need to lean in. I believe, I believe that you've got to have a, you've, you've, you've got to get to nevertheless before leaning in works. 
You've got to get to, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. I want your will to be done. You've got to get to that moment before leaning in can have an effect on you, can bring change in you, can produce Christ in you the way that you want it, the way that he wants it. Because nevertheless is this. I'm going to give you what nevertheless is. It's a bridge between two opposing ideas. Because one idea says, hey, it's not working. I'm just going to go out on my own. So that's why we abandon. That's why we walk away. We don't see the value. of. We don't find the hope in it. We don't sense that there is anything for us in it. So we abandon God. Or we abandon ourselves to God, which is totally opposite of abandoning God because we suddenly know that the only way we can make it is Him. The only hope that we have is Him. Jesus was basically saying, I can see the agony of the cross. I see the pain of death. I see the pathway from the grave to hell. I can see all that. I see it. I see it. And my impulse is to avoid it. You know, most of the time when we abandon God, it's based off an impulse, by the way. It's based off one event, one thing. One, we, we just we, we don't believe that can change, and so, boom, we go our way. Basically, when facing the pathway of salvation for all mankind, Jesus' human inc inclination here was to abandon God, is to walk away, to just sort of just throw his hands up. But, but then he gives this nevertheless, and I want you to think about this, this nevertheless was what was which was his crossing point to where God was leading him. His nevertheless, when he said nevertheless, not my will but yours be done, it, he crossed over from the human side that we all have to that power of the spirit in him to be able to accomplish what God had intended. And that's where we've got to get to, basically. We'll talk more about that tonight, but we got to get to that place. We we, we or not tonight, Brother Jerry's probably preaching tonight, or we, we, we're going to work all that out. But it, it, so there's, 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 just, there's just this place, this crossing point, this thing that's got to happen in us, this nevertheless that's got to take place for us to get to where he wants us. And what he says basically silences the sounds of the evident because there's so many things that are evident to us that makes us choose to abandon God. Well, I, they're not going to change. They're just not going to change. You've seen, or this, this person is hopeless, or this, these circumstances are overwhelming, or we can just stack things on top of each other that would, be, that would fit this idea, but what silences all the evident, all of the evident things is whenever we get to the places, it doesn't matter. I don't have to, I don't, I'm not trusting those things. I'm not trusting the person. I'm, I'm totally surrendered to God. I want his will. I want what he wants. I want what you want, Father. So you need to cross over to the side of God's will, basically, before you get to 2021. For you to lean in, you've got to come to the nevertheless. You've got to come to that place that you say, yet, I want your will, Father. I want your will, God. Because God wants to work in us, right? Y'all believe that? God wants to work in us. He wants to show himself strong to us. He wants to perfect the character and the likeness of Jesus in us. And he wants to show himself faithful to do his will in us. So, so what we've got to do is we've got to come to this point that when we're in these moments, as we're going into 2021, as we're leaving 2020, and I could say, you know, I could talk about this 
I mean, let's, uh, let's do it for a second. Let's talk, let's talk about what we expect in 2021. Let's spend a second there. Um, some, some people, I don't think everybody here, but I think some people have probably just lived through one of the worst years of their life. I don't put us all in that because, let, let me, let, let's just say this. We've had some restrictions in Alabama, but man, it's been nothing like some other states. I mean, I hadn't quit working. I hadn't been locked in the house with my wife for seven, eight months. I mean, that'd be that'd have been tough. That'd have been tough, wouldn't it, honey? Can you imagine being with me for seven, eight months in one place, not being allowed to go out and having to call and get groceries delivered to us? Yeah, I'm glad you can't imagine that, because I, I'm, I mean, if, I mean, we've been shut down, we've been shut up, uh, we've been shouted at, talked about, accused, blamed, expected to do unnecessary things a lot of times, all the while told, this is what's best for you when people who are saying that aren't doing it themselves. So it's a weird time for us. It's a strange, 2020 has been strange. It's been crazy. Uh, we had a bombing in New Nashville on Christmas morning. Good Lord. I mean, there's still crazy people out there, even on Christmas Day. I say all that, say, the nevertheless for us is this. We're still living. We're still alive. You're, you're still alive. You've got another year to go. I mean, I hope you make the whole year. If you don't, you're, you, I hope you're ready to meet Jesus. Amen? We're still breathing. We're still alive. You still have the two choices before you. You can abandon yourself to God or you can just abandon God because that's the choice. You have that, that, that opportunity. You have that privilege, I would say, because you have a will. So, so let me show you in Scripture. I'm going to show this, this reality to you in the Scriptures. There was a moment in the Scripture where Elisha, he was faced with one of the biggest challenges he had ever faced. Elisha had been following, he had been following and serving Elijah. He was wanting to become a prophet. So he was studying, watching, practicing, learning everything Elijah did. And then there came this moment where Elijah told him, look, I'm going to be taken up. You're going to be left behind. And so the challenge for him was, how do I manage this? Do I abandon God or do I abandon myself to God? And so what he did was, as he abandoned himself to God, he, he, he came out he, upon the request of Elijah, what would you have that I do for you? This is the last thing I'm going to do for you. We know that he requested a double portion of the anointing. So he said, I want twice what you've got. And here's Elijah's reply. It's in 2 Kings 2, 10 through 14. You have asked a difficult thing. Elijah replied, if you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried up by a whirlwind into the heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up, and then Elisha 
returned to the bank of the Jordan River and he struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, where's the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elisha went across. We need some of those moments in our life. I mean, we, for, in 2021, we need some of those moments where we see the anointing, where we see God's power. We see God's manifest power in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. We need some of those moments. And hear me, it's, it, it, so, so if we really believe that Jesus practiced prayer, if we really believe that the response here was a massive request, this is a difficult thing that you've asked, then what should our response be in 2021 if we want to see those things? Well, first off, we got to stop praying mealy mouth prayers. Okay? We got I mean, look, here's the bottom line. I thought about this. I, 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 that phrase dropped into me because I know what mealy mouth means. Um, and, and, and as I thought about it and I, as I prayed about how to communicate it, literally what we have found ourselves doing, I know the enemy of my soul tells me this all the time. Don't you think that's asking too much? How many, how many of you have heard that in your prayer time? Don't you think that's asking too much? How many of you felt like to request something simple or large was going to be more than you should do? But asking a little bit too much of God. As a matter of fact, the more I thought about it, I, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know how many times I've heard that in my prayer time. I don't know how many times I've heard that as I thought about the promises God made to me and the dreams that he's given me. I don't know how many times I've, I've had that, that thought come across my mind. That's asking a little bit too much. God, why would you ask God for that? What, and the very definition of mealy mouth is this. Are you ready? It is a fear to speak frankly or straightforwardly. God forbid that we fear to speak to him frankly and straightforwardly. God forbid that we ask of him the big things. Matter of fact, I got to thinking about this, and so I dug through it and, 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 and just, here, here's what I've come up with. God is more impatient with the timid than he is the aggressive. I believe God would rather you be hard after him than to be sitting back just waiting. Well, he's going to do his will. Well, not if you aren't praying. Come on, you've got to get into battle. You've got to get into fight. You've got you've to begin to claim the things that he has for you in 2021. You've got to begin to wrestle for those things. You've got to begin to stand for those things. You've got to begin to believe for those things. You have family that's lost. You've got to pray them into the kingdom. You've got to look for opportunities to care for them and to share with them. You've got friends. You've got all kinds of things that you've got to get in with. <laughs> Hebrews 4.16 says, so let us come timidly. No, it doesn't. It says we got to get bold, right? We got to go to God like we believe He wants to do something and we got to fight to see it done. Get this. Elijah understood the value of asking difficult things. Even as he's lying in his deathbed, Elisha, who had asked for this double portion, got it, has the king 
Jehoash come and approach him weeping in 2 Kings 13, 14 through 21. We're not going to put it on the screen. I'm just going to tell you the story. He's weeping and he's crying and he comes to Elijah and he says, what am I going to do? And, and Elijah realized that what his tears were over was the fact that he was, he was fearful. Yeah, he was mourning Elisha's death, yes, and the loss of it. But he was fearful of the king of Syria because he knew where he had gotten to was because of the prophetic presence of Elisha. And he was like, what am I going to do? And because he discerned that, Elisha said, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go open that eastern window. You're going to take a bow in your hand. I'm going to put my hands on the bow. You're going to draw an arrow, and you're going to shoot it out the eastern window. And so he does it. Boom, the arrow goes out. And he says, that's your victory over Syria. And in that moment, he says, now I want you to take some arrows, and I want you to strike them on the ground. Most of you probably heard this preached and talked about. So he strikes them on the ground. But he strikes him three times, and Elijah in his deathbed, it says in the scripture, was angered. He was like, what are you doing? Why didn't you strike it five times? Why didn't you strike it six times? Why didn't you strike it until the arrows shattered and went all to pieces right now? You're in a prophetic moment, and you're not seizing the moment. That's what he told him. He said, because you struck it three times, you'll only have three victories. In your life, those listening to me, hear this. I don't want anyone to look at me and say, you didn't strike enough. You didn't pray enough. You didn't ask enough. You didn't cry out enough. You didn't seek enough. You didn't pray prayers big enough. You didn't, you didn't think the size of God. Don't, don't, I mean, basically what I'm thinking here is we, we're in a prophetic moment. This church is in a prophetic moment. This church is in a moment where that either we're going to abandon ourselves to God and lean in and we're going to begin to see him do the miraculous or we're going to do nothing which will be to abandon God. So it's time to ask some difficult things, right? It's time to ask for some difficult things. What are the difficult things? Here's my experience. I'm going to give you what I've experienced in asking difficult things. I've asked a few, and so I got to thinking back on those things. Here's a few things I'll mention to you about asking difficult things. First, ask God for your, ask God for your difficult things. Don't ask people. Ask God. Ask God. He'll use people, but ask God. He may not use people. He may use a donkey. Amen? Amen. And I ain't talking about your aunt or uncle. I'm talking about a real donkey. He used a real donkey. I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, An example, Solomon asked for wisdom, Jabez for blessing, Caleb asked for a mountain. Come on, somebody. What do you, I mean, how big are you going to ask? What are you wanting? What do you believe in God for? How, what's he wanting to use you for? How will he use what you ask for through your life? Because that's what we're talking about. Let God birth difficult things in your spirit and don't stop asking for them till you receive them, till you see them. Second, be sensitive to the God moment. I believe in God moments. I believe there are moments when God says stuff and we, we need to do it. So we got to be sensitive to that. Um, a, a door 
and I'm using door in a quote phrase here, a door, something will happen that swings open. You'll sense a God moment to ask a difficult thing. You'll see this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is how I'm supposed to be reacting in this morning, responding in it. Uh, Elisha asked Elijah, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha since the God moment, he realized there was a door swung open right here. And he said, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. So a God moment is a moment where we realize this is the next level. This is the next thing that God wants to do in me. It's going to be difficult, but I want to experience. I want to see it. So be sensitive to the God moment. And ask, ask without hesitation. Don't, don't mealy mouth, don't hesitate. Seize the God moment. I believe Elisha seized that moment by faith. He believed that God wanted that to happen. So he asked Elijah for it. Elijah for it. Third, listen to God's word. Listen to God's word. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. If he spoke something to you, you grab that and put it in your pocket and you look at it every day. You pray over it every moment that you can. Listen to God's word. Listen to it. Listen to what he's saying to you. Listen to what he's expressing to you. It may be a word that comes through a minister. It may be comes through a friend. It'll come through the reading of the word. It'll come through prayer that he's spirit speaks to you. But listen, lean in is for some of y'all. Lean in is, a, is, is God's word to some of y'all. But he's, he, you got to get that nevertheless in place. you got to get that, I want your will, Lord. I want it. I don't care what the price is. I'll pay it. I want that to happen in my life. So listen to his word and don't get distracted. How many of you know how Elijah was taken into heaven? Was he taken by a chariot? No. How was he taken? Whirlwind. What was the chariots of fire and the charioteers what, of Israel? What were they? It says they came down and separated the two. And he saw them going up, and Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind to heaven. Some of the best stuff in life can be a distraction from what God's wanting to do in you. So stay focused. Don't get distracted from what he's told you. He said, if you see me taken up, so boy, here comes this chariot of fire, and I can guarantee you I'd have been sitting there, I didn't even get my phone out. <laughs> Should have got a picture of that. Amen? I mean, I missed so many good things. I mean, I just had no, I can't, and I, I, I mean, who do I tell it to? I mean, who do I tell it to? They don't wouldn't believe me. It doesn't matter who believes you. It matters that you do what God says to you. So he focused. The chariot came. He watched it, but he saw Elisha taken in the whirlwind, and he says, Father, Father. He speaks out. He declares, I've seen this. I've watched. I've focused on you. Last, don't just ask God for a difficult thing. Be sensitive to God's moment and listen to God's word. Don't get distracted on that one. Then fourth, remember, phrase difficult thing is a human term let's think about this for just a second we're going into 2021 what's what, what oh jesus what's going to happen 
I don't know if y'all seen the video. This is awesome. It's so unfitting for this moment, probably, but I'm going to tell it. It's a woman when they're announcing the final four in the playoffs, and she's a Notre Dame mom, lady, and she's sitting there on the couch, and her son's videoing her, and he pulls up, and he shows that the block for the fourth spot is open, and they're going to play Alabama, and she's rocking back and forth saying, oh, God, oh, God, no, God, oh, God, oh, God, no, God, no, God, and then Notre Dame pops up, and she bangs her head, no, God, no. <laughs> we don't need to go into 2021 like that, guys. Okay, we... I mean, look, I know Alabama's good, but let's not be fearful of what our enemy has in store for us. Let's think about this just a second. What could be difficult for God? We're talking about asking difficult things. So here you go. Uh, what was more difficult for God, to make an elephant or a mouse? I mean, what was more difficult for God, to heal one disease or another disease? I mean, what's more difficult for God? What's more difficult for God, to let somebody remain dead or raise them to life? What's more difficult for God? What prayer is more difficult for God to answer? What prayer, what are you, what are you thinking about praying? It, what, what is more difficult for God? I mean, where did the term come from? You've asked a difficult thing. That's a human term. That's a human term. It wasn't a phrase centered around God. It was a phrase centered around Elisha. Elijah said, look, you're asking something hard. You're asking something difficult. Not for God, for you. What will you choose today? Will you abandon God or, or abandon yourself to God? I mean, here it is. If you want to experience all God has for you in 2021 and beyond, You've got to come to your ne nevertheless. You've got to get to that point, to that moment, and you've got to ask in that moment, God, I want your will, not mine, so I'm asking for this thing that you've placed on my heart, for this person to come to Jesus, for this miracle to take place, for this healing to happen, for this, for this job to open, for, for this breakthrough to happen financially. Whatever it is, you need to ask him. Is it too difficult for him? What's too difficult for God, guys? It's, gonna, it's not him. That wasn't the focus of this statement right here. Matter of fact, I, I, I dug around in this and thought about it, and here's what I came to. I don't believe this difficult thing, that, uh, that statement by Elijah was a complaint from Elijah about Elisha's prayer. I don't believe it, it was him saying, man, you've asked a really hard thing. I don't think he threw his hands on his hips and went, oh, what am I going to do? That's going to be hard. I just want you to know that's going to be hard. Because Elijah wasn't doing it. He wasn't the one who was going to give it. No, no. It, it was, it, I believe it was a compliment to Elisha's faith. I believe he was saying to him, oh, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be difficult. I like where you're headed with that. I like what you're thinking now. Now you're going to need to pay attention. You're going to need to focus. Things are going to happen that's going to distract you. But if you'll if you watch and you see me taken up, then, then it'll happen. It'll come. Wow. 
What are you choosing today? What are you choosing today? Does your life in prayer and in practice show that you have abandoned God or that you've abandoned yourself today? Is there something usual about your life before God that either says they're sold out, man, they're sold out, or they sold out? Because you sell out to one or the other. I mean, let's face it. We can be sold out to abandoning God and be in church. We can be sold out to abandoning God and be in bed this morning. The location isn't the issue, it's the heart. The heart. It's 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 the pursuit that's in you. It's it's the belief that God's got some diff got, got man, He's got some dreams He's placed in you, and you're gonna have to have some difficult things to see that come too, but I'm telling you, it'll be worth it. Elisha performed twice the miracle. All the way to the end, whenever he get way, I came to life. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't need a mic anymore now. I don't know what happened. Oh, here. You're the man. I, I, I think it's going to echo in your room. Iron or something. So, <laughs> it did, was nothing that Riley did, I promise. He was on his phone uh, on Facebook. Um, I'm kidding with you, buddy. I'm just kidding with you. Or I just nailed you to the wall back there. I don't know which one happened. Give him a hug at the end of this service. Y'all hug him at the end of this service. After, I mean, he loves that. Yeah, so how are you going to enter into 2021? Will you enter into it totally abandoned to God? Will you abandon yourself to the point that there's some things that become very usual for you? Seeking him and seeking others. Believing him for difficult things. Things that he births in you. Things that, that he has planted deep in your heart and in your spirit that only God could do. And that though the enemy's telling, man, you don't need to ask that. You're going, hmm, I want his will. Nevertheless, I know, I know it'd be easy for me to just walk away from this, but I'm not walking away. I want his will. Father, we just bow before you. God, what does a miracle look like? We all have our preconceived ideas of what they look like, but it may be just the, the miracle of us saying yes to you and to whatever it is that you have for us in 2021, whatever it is that you're leading us to, and however that looks uh, by your spirit and your 
purpose and your design. God, I know that every person here at some point has had a dream, a belief that, God, you wanted to do something with them, use them in some fashion. Some have come recent. Some are from the past, and they just seem so far out of reach and out of touch. But the one thing that is constant and steady is that you haven't changed. I think we change, but you don't change. I have a promise from 1981 that I've believed you for and haven't seen yet. But I haven't quit. I haven't quit. I haven't given up. Quit believing that you want to do something miraculous. And in that belief and that sense of confidence and that I recommit myself. I abandon myself to you in that area to believe you for that difficult thing. I admit there's been days and weeks and months where I've just let it totally slip my mind and I've quit thinking about it because it's just doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but there's still that reality in me that every time I think about the dreams you've given me, that's the first one that pops up. So God, I just pray that you bring back to life the dreams, that you bring back to life the, the words that you've spoken, that you bring back to life in each person here, in each heart here, the, the difficult things that you have declared over them, the prophetic words that you have spoken into them. And God, that we won't miss this prophetic moment because for many here, this is a moment that's prophetic, that if they will say, nevertheless, Lord, I don't want what I want. I want what you want. Then as they say that, God, then you can reassure them and you can begin to do the work of that difficult thing in them because it's in them that it's going to be hard. It's not hard for you. You have a plan. You're going to work that plan in our lives and you can you can change the course of a river you can change the heart of a king you can move on a mast of the masses god you can do so many things you just won't override our will and that's why it's so important that we say not my will but yours you just won't run over our will so today, we just end 2020 and look ahead to 2021 on a Sunday morning service saying, nevertheless. I know, I know how difficult it's been, and I know how difficult it could be to see the difficult thing that you want to do in me, that hard thing. <laughs> but it's not, it's not hard for you, Lord. It's not hard for you. So I say, not my will, but yours be done. I commit myself to your plan. I'll stop trying to tell you what you should be doing. And I will follow your lead. For the glory and the honor and the majesty of the name that's above every name, Jesus Christ. We declare that over us and in us and through us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Hey, if you're in this place this morning and you, you need to make a stand, you need to get up and take a stand in this altar and, and say to God, you may need to cry out to God. Nevertheless, you may have been considering abandoning what you know as faith and what you know as God and his plan for you. If you're in this place this morning and that's you, you may need to, this is the moment. This is a God moment. You need to stand and come to this altar. I'm going to ask everyone to stand with me as we, we spend this last few minutes in prayer. If you're also in this building today and there's a sickness there's an illness there's there's a physical need or you know in your life or someone's life that has a spiritual need i i'd love to anoint and pray for you this morning i'd love to stand in agreement with you this morning and then last hey if you don't know jesus this is the day the lord has made this is the day of salvation this is a great moment for you to find the hope of christ the deliverance from the power of sin nature in you. Anyone and everyone's invited. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.